0: Hey, you guys, this is Pamela Fagan Hutchins, and you have found your way to wine, women, and writing. This is a show where I like to talk to authors, especially about their complex female characters, what makes them authentic, what's pulled from real life, what's pulled from imagination, and how we get there. I tend to lapse into a little oversharing profanity and irreverence during the show. In fact, I encourage that. Um, and so hopefully that's your jam because that's what you're going to get. I am coming to you today from the sweltering, um, Dallas uh, city and I'm, I'm dying. I'm supposed to be in Wyoming. I'm not, it's killing me, but I am having um, a great summer with some wonderful um, book stuff going on. Go out to my website and check it out, PamelaFaganHutchins.com. We've got the new Maggie releases and coming soon I've got Switchback, which is switching it up a bit for me and jumping out of my series. And um, while you're there, check out past shows of Wine, Women, and Writing. You can look at the videos. You can listen to the actual podcasts. And um, check out the books that are coming so that you can be prepared to read along with me as I talk to our great guests. And speaking of great guests, today I have the very talented Ria Fry with me to talk about her new novel, Because You're Mine. Welcome to
1: the show, Ria. Thanks for having me. All about the profanity as um, seen in my cup. Um, you're awesome. Keep that shit up. So, you know. This
0: is my yeah. favorite interview <laughs> already. Um, cool. And uh, and also admiring the art behind her as well. Yes. Pretty cool. Is that Woman. a bathing cap on her? Is it is. It is. Yes. Like an Esther, um, yeah. you know, Whatever that was. Can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Need coffee. Uh, So
1: um, Rhea is in Nashville, right? I am where it is also as hot as the surface of the sun. So I feel your pain. Yes. It's, I can't ever decide if it's like a sauna or if it's a steam room Um,
0: Um, or an (laughs) oven, but Hell, nonetheless.
1: Yes, hell. Complete hell. Yes.
0: We, we've spent a lot of time in Nashville recently because of one of our daughters being a PhD computer science candidate at Vanderbilt. So That's awesome. I can I can attest to hot. We did
1: a bachelor yeah. party in
0: Nashville last summer. It and
1: is. Yeah, it's become the bachelor and bachelorette like, capital of the US somehow. Something to be proud of. There's Sid, so
0: many nobody. people. <laughs> going down um it's unbelievable it is we avoid downtown we just
1: we just avoid it completely
0: (laughs) (laughs) well it's still it's lovely and of course nashville is the home of killer nashville one of the premier um, mystery thriller suspense um writer conferences in the country and the sponsor of the silver
1: Felshawn award and i should
0: Yeah, I don't,
1: I don't know. I'm just going by you since you've won it It, it (laughs) and I still don't know how to
0: say it, but I do put it on all my books. (laughs) But when you, are you going to the conference to see if you win?
1: I am and I'm I'm on like four different panels or awesome. five different panels. So um yeah, so I'm nominated in the suspense category. I was like, this is it's an award. Like it's so exciting. It is so exciting. When I won it,
0: um J. A. Jance won for Thriller. And I was oh, more awesome. excited about J. A. Jance winning and being able to say, J. A. Jance and I and um Absolutely that weekend where I won an award with J. A. Jance. You know, that was <laughs> But um, super fun conference, tell Clay Stafford, I said hello. And I will. Thank you. Thank you so much. Fingers crossed. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So speaking about the book, Because You're Mine, congratulations. Thank you you so much. And if you had to choose between your two babies, because you've now got two novels out, and of course the nonfiction, is that six babies if you've got
1: Yeah, about, yes, that's correct.
0: Which is your favorite baby? You
1: know, I mean, it's so funny too, because I really try to separate the emotion from books. Like I really do look at them as products to sell on a shelf (laughs) and, and kind of approach this as a business. So once I'm done with something, I'm just done with it. But I think not her daughter because, you know, there there was no deadline in writing that book. It was something that um, I was called to just write this. I saw this mother daughter in an airport. I went home. I was working three jobs. I quit two of them and wrote this book in a month, my my debut. And it just was so fun. I mean, there was no pressure. I wanted it to get published. I wasn't sure, you know, if it was going to happen, but I didn't really give myself a plan B So I think just with that story and being a mom um, with a five-year-old, and the book is about a woman who kidnaps a five-year-old to save her from her mother, I just had all of these kind of emotional entanglements. So for me, that book's always going to be super special because it launched kind of this new fiction career.
0: And so between fiction and nonfiction.
1: Yeah. So I've always wanted to write novels. It's the thing that I wanted to do. I went to school for it at uh, Columbia um, for creative writing and then kind of switched once I graduated to nonfiction for some strange reason. And I love working with clients on nonfiction. I have a business, a side business where I write nonfiction book proposals for clients and get them agents and book deals. Right. So that's really fun. But I love I just love writing fiction. I love losing myself in a story. There's nothing like it.
0: You know, I always think of it as nonfiction. I gravitated toward it first, too. Yeah. And it it was easier. It was easier. Oh, it's completely. And then once you get into the fiction, it's like having OCD. You know, you're Mm -hmm. obsessed with it. You can't sit down. But I totally agree with you on the um, the, the not having pressure and in the beginning and how you can find the story. And then afterwards, it's like, I've got 30 days. Yep. this shit out and then I got to totally. move on to the next one and I'm exactly. promoting the last
1: one and it becomes a, a, a conveyor belt it really does and I mean I'm, I'm contracted for four books so I'm on a, a book a year contract with St. Martin's Press which is awesome but as you know it's like so much of it is about hustling and promoting and doing events I did um, close to 30 events with not her daughter because I just said yes to everything I'm like I'm gonna say yes because you kind of have to in the beginning <laughs> uh-huh. too, when readers don't know who you are and I'm Kind of doing the same thing with this book. I mean, two books out and technically less than a year. I'm still recovering from not her daughter, and I'm like, here we go again. Yeah, and they start to get confused in your head. And totally. Question, and you're like, oh, yep, I have no idea. Yes, granted,
0: <laughs> I have the ability. Yeah, to for- coffee. Minutes that yeah. I wrote, you know, I yes, here. but now let's get to because um, you're mine because it was wonderful. I really enjoyed it, and um, I hope it's a big success for you. It's bigger, bigger than oh, um, your first book, but Thank tell you. us about it for those losers that didn't read it yet and i'm
1: talking well it just came out a week ago so i you know i'm gonna give people a little bit of space um this book is really you know i guess my elevator pitch would be kind of about what happens when four girlfriends who are raising only children they're in various stages of their life they decide to go away to the mountains in Asheville, north carolina and one of them dies and leaves their child without a guardian kind of in the aftermath, all of these secrets and pasts kind of come to light. And I wanted readers to be left with the question, you know, how well can we ever really trust our friends? Um, and this this idea was really born when my daughter, it was a couple years ago, I guess I got the concept for this book and all of my friends had only children at the time. And we would kind of sit around and talk about like, what would happen if one of us died and left our child without a guardian, if we didn't have a partner or family Right. And just having to trust the people around you, you know, to watch your child. Um, so that was kind of like where the seed of the idea was born. And then it, it, you know, the book follows three different points of view, um, and it's it's super duplicitous and twisty, and you really don't know the truth until the very last page. It's kind of one of those books, but it was really really fun to write because I'm so interested in the images we portray to the world and the age of social media. and My life's so great, and then just all the darkness that can kind of creep up that we don't really present to the world and kind of what that might make us do in certain circumstances.
0: Well, it was super twisty and, and you had me, I did not expect the ending. So you go girl. Excellent. Um, and and, and I, 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 you ruined, I'm an introvert and I,
1: and I was already anti-girlfriend weekend and now yeah. I'm like, Right. That. And I'm I'm actually going back. So the book takes place in Nashville and the girls go to Asheville or Black Mountain, which is a little town outside of it. And I'm going back there. Um, I've been back there several times since I wrote it, but I'm always like, am I? Yeah, it's kind it's of <laughs> ruined it for me, too. I'm yeah. like, oh, you know.
0: We can't go much further because we don't yes. have soil here. But, yeah. you know, beware your girlfriends. Beware.
1: Yes, beware, beware. <laughs> <laughs> well, for
0: me, one of the things that I enjoyed about this book, even though he did not get a point of view, was Mason. I've got an on-spectrum adult child who's, like, super freaking awesome. And yeah. so that was fun to, for me to write. And and I loved that you included. I thought it really amped up the tension, of course, because, he, he makes everything um, more challenging
1: um, by the nature of his awesomeness. But I, I agree. I, Mason was one of my favorite characters. I know he's only seven, but I just, I don't know. I just, I really loved writing that character. Yeah. It reminded me so much of my son that I just oh, wanted
0: to hug awesome. the book. It's like, oh, <laughs> I love you. And so when you're writing multiple points of view from, mm-hmm. a, from a practice standpoint, do you write the story as you expect it to come out? Or do you write each person's story and then weave them together? How's your? How's yeah, your-
1: you know this one was tricky because when I got a two book deal with St. Martin's Press, I didn't even know what the second book was going to be. You know, we sold it, and then I was like, I don't know. So when we <laughs> started the book, it was it was actually more women's fiction, and it was four points of view. It was Grace, um, Lee, Alice, and Carol. So it was just these four girlfriends. It wasn't as as twisty. It was more women's fiction. And then we kind of scrapped that and came up with this new concept. So the book, I mean, the book changed so many times, like the villain changed so many times and the storyline changed so many times that I tend to be a writer who, who kind of writes in order. I don't write all of one character and all of another, but since then I've discovered Save the Cat writes a novel. Have you read that book? Oh, no, no, but it sounds already- Oh my God. It is, so Save the Cat, you know, is a popular book for screenplay writers, and mm-hmm. they kind of, um, the, the stories go on these 15 beats, or screenplays hit 15 different beats, so this author, Jessica Brody, took the same concept and applied it to every genre of a novel, <gasps> and laid out these 15 beats, and it has been the most life-changing book I've ever read in my life, Save, the cat, writes Save a novel. the cat Writes a Novel. It is, <laughs> so I've got like a whiteboard in my office and for my third and fourth books. I mean, just, cause I'm not a big outliner, but it, it, I mean, this is, this is proven, like this formula works. It works again across all different genres. The books that are bestsellers kind of use this, whether they know that they do or not. And it has been the most helpful thing ever. So I am, from here on out, I'm using that. Like the first two books- were, you know, kind of like piecemealed together, and now this right. is, I'm going to have like an actual strategy, well, um, but yeah. When you think about, like you talked about, and
0: I'm sure there were multiple people involved in this, um, mm-hmm. as as I think back on my own experiences and friends, when you're ripping a book apart, and you've got an idea, and all of a sudden, you can't even figure out what's going on with it anymore, because everybody's got a different idea that they're putting totally. in. Front. And it's it's demoralizing, it's frustrating, it's depressing, mm-hmm. You don't ever think you can get over the mountain, so mm-hmm. anything that can keep you from having to go through that again. Oh my God! Is, I, I mean, creativity. it's
1: it, exactly, and it's like, oh, this is like a foolproof plan. Like you know where you're going, and of course mm-hmm. things are going to kind of change, but it's the smartest book on constructing a novel that I've ever that I've ever seen. Um, so I'm so thankful. I <laughs> have been it's a, a good, <laughs> fan of Take Off Your Pants, which is yeah. by Libby
0: Hawkins, and it's a water yeah. versus a Pantser, right? Um, approach, but I'm going to now have to say. Are you you a plotter or a pantser? You're probably a plotter now. I'm plotter now because I just can't survive without it. I was pantser, but yeah, how do you how do you meet deadlines without a little planning? Because you can't mm-hmm. afford to go off on some tangent. Yep. You're right. You're
1: totally right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Deadline. There's yes. a cover for this book, you
1: know. <laughs> yep. Are you on a book a year as well? Um, I'm I'm do it's
0: roughly a book a year, but what I do is I do trilogies. And so they're not incredibly long and it's a little more than a year, but one trilogy in that
1: time wow, frame. Wow, that's amazing.
0: But it's, they're mysteries. And yeah. so for me, I, and by the way, it, my first book took me five years to write. You know, yeah. Now, yeah. now it's a, a book a month and the, and then turn around and go wow, this with that book. But I write three in a row, mm-hmm. like boom, boom, boom. And wow. then I start editing so for continuity because yes. I'm always carrying the character. Don't
1: you, do you like, I mean, I like writing in a concentrated focused period of time because I feel like if you just kind of keep toiling away, it'll never even be the same concept or book that it started with. I lose my voice if I, um, Completely.
0: If, I, if I wait too long, I made yeah. the mistake once of waiting two years before I wrote the next yeah. book in a, um, in a run and it just nearly undid me, you know? Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I love it. And I know some people that can't work that way and everybody's got to own, find their own creative niche, but yeah. it works for me. Um, me too. Yeah. I love the the concentrated
1: just focus. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah. If I even sit down for a week, I come back and I'm like, did I write this? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody snuck in here and messed with my manuscript. Completely. Completely. <laughs> um. So when I was trolling your website, which yeah. uh, I don't know if you could feel the force this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Preparing, but I loved that your bio on your website. I, I felt a kinship here. Mm-hmm. Said that part of what you do is spend time ogling your sexy husband. Yes, we, I our soul sisters. Yes, I love yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> my, my producer for the radio show calls my husband the hunk, and um, awesome. and pretty much he's he's um, just you know. Someone asked me yesterday, "What's your writing passion?" I said, uh, "Eric." Uh, That's amazing. I love
1: that. I love that. that.
0: So you have a, a hot husband and an adorable
1: daughter. I do. She's seven. And um, we just started homeschooling last February. Um, Cause you know, but you don't have enough to do. Because I don't have enough to do. I mean, side business books. Um, I mean, I, I did freak out after we did it. Cause she's been, she's been talking about this for like a year and a half. And it was something we kind of, you know, I don't know. We just weren't sure. I was like, I don't know if I can do it. My husband, um, he's a creative, but he does work in an office. So I knew it was going to fall on me. And so we pulled her out. Sophie was so excited. And then those first two weeks, I was like, I have ruined your life. I have ruined my life. I'm never going to be able to work or be alone or take a walk, but we've since found our footing. And it's, it's so incredible because I just don't feel like, like education is synonymous with learning. And I feel like, I don't know, I have so many thoughts about the school system in general, but if for us and for our family, it's been phenomenal.
0: It's it's again back to everybody having their niche and, and yeah. square legs and round holes and diamond yeah. holes you know <laughs> etc. And finding what works. Um, you know, with us having one kid, that, uh, we have five, but with one that was oh, amazing. amazing spectrum, he was just different from all of them, and so you, sure. you come up with a different approach and. Man, hats off to you because I always said I would slit my wrists
1: if I ever had to do that. Yes, well, but so she isn't home like every single day. We found this amazing tutorial program that she does three days a week uh from nine to three thirty, and it's—I mean, oh, it's so incredible. They learn to fail and struggle, and they get an emotional education, and it's all peer-based and you know entrenched in philosophy and questions and. Um, they do yoga and have a meditation garden. And I I mean, talk about what they're grateful for. I'm like, can I go here? But so because I love to batch my work too, she does that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. um, And I can really take that time to concentrate. And then we get four days with each other uh, a week as well. Uh, It's really nice. Almost perfect setup. It is because she doesn't burn out. We don't burn out. Like it's, it's lovely. Wow.
0: That's, that is um, a dream come true for a homeschooling parent is to have yeah. a way not to, to burn out. Yes. So do you think that um, your homeschooling life will show up in your books?
1: Does it? Start- well, it's funny because, and because you're mine, it does. Um, Lee homeschools, Mason, right. um, but she has a homeschool tutor and occupational therapist. But I wrote that before we, we started homeschooling. So it was kind of funny um, how that showed up, but um, yeah. For a yeah. minute
0: there, I was thrown off remembering that because of Noah spending yeah. time with him during the day. But yes, totally. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And yeah. so now what are you working on now? And so my- more than one thing.
1: Yes. Um, so my third book, uh, until I find you will come out next August and it's about a blind woman who believes her three month old son has been swapped, but no one will believe her. So that has been so amazing and challenging to write from the point of view of a, of a visually impaired person. Um, I think it was such a cool, a, a cool, complex, subject to take on. And I, I love to see protagonists with disabilities. I think it's something we should see more and more of, um, but working on that. And then not her daughter was optioned for film before I got published. And the production company has since wanted to, instead of doing a feature film, they want to do a TV show and they asked me to write the pilot. So I just got done with that, um, which was a tough, interesting experience, but I really liked it. I don't know if you've ever tried to write a screenplay. It's so
0: different, but I like this. I worked with a screenwriter on my first novel to collaborate on one. And it yeah. was so, it was a huge learning experience. It was so totally. interesting. Nothing has come of it yet. It's being shopped to Hallmark, you know. Oh, that's awesome. Hallmark, you know, yeah. whatever. But it's still, I look back on it and it changed me as a novelist. Totally. Um, you know, and it made me make choices, with, knowing this won't translate well to film, but I don't give a shit
1: oh, <laughs> t- completely yeah. in my head or this will maybe yep. I should consider it. So, yes, it's I, I think it's so important to like try your hand at different things as 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 writers. I mean, just do stuff, even if you're terrible at it. I think it, it helps you in some ways.
0: That's me in poetry.
1: No, that's what I started with actually was, was poetry. That's like where I got my love for writing was poetry. And now I've totally gotten away from it, but.
0: So do you see more nonfiction in your future? Do you see screenwriting as something you want to get into?
1: You know, it's so funny because I work, I have about 22 nonfiction clients in um, my business. And a lot of them are CEOs and executives. And I've really seen through creating these book proposals. I mean, the author platform is still so critical. Like I had four nonfiction books published. It was kind of right at the start of social media. And I just did not have that huge author platform that you really, really need. And is I think it's more critical now yeah. um, to have that huge platform. And I've, I've worked at it, but I'm still such small potatoes and what I would need um, for nonfiction. But if I did write one, I'd love to write a book called Don't Talk to Strangers. And like other BS myths were taught as children, like taking the 10 biggest things we hear as kids over and over and over again and kind of dispelling those myths and writing some new rules. That sounds um, like a, a fun I think one. it'd be fun. I think it'd be really fun, but I, I get my nonfiction fix through working with my clients. And I really, I really kind of want to stay on the path of fiction. Do you ghostwrite too, or do you? I do. Yeah. yeah. So I write, um, I edit novels and I ghostwrite uh, a lot of the book proposal clients. If they get deals, then they're like, Hey, can you, can you write this?
0: (laughs) And it's such an important thing, I think, for both readers and other authors to hear is that you can look at someone and your perception is, wow, she's got a film deal and she's got six books and, you know, and she's a novelist. And how hard you have to hustle.
1: Oh my God. It is unbelievable. Like I was able to scale my side business with with writing into a six figure business this past year, which was phenomenal, but it's like how much money I spent on, on travel, on publicity, on all of those things. I mean, you kind of have to do it. I look at it as as startup expenses for starting a business. And when you're starting as a novelist, you know, um, no one knows who you are.
0: Investment. And it you do you know? you have to spend money to make money and it doesn't do, do easier or better it's it just doesn't. the numbers get bigger to keep you there exactly it, on both sides but you know it's like the, the expenses and the income yes and suddenly and you're a huge money um
1: revolving door you are I mean yeah the more you make the more you spend and I mean I think it's critical and I talked to so many authors who come to me to write proposals and they're like I just want to be a New York times bestseller and like have my book in the airport and make, you know, like, I don't know, like $500,000. And I'm like, well, then you're in the wrong profession. I mean, you can get there someday, but it's so much work. And it's, I feel like understanding this business. I don't know if you feel like this about the publishing industry, but it can seem very private and like, you can't peek behind the curtain um, of what's kind of what's going on. So I'm super curious. I ask questions. I want to know my numbers, my data, what's happening at all times. And I think it's critical to your success to just understand the business, what you're doing.
0: Understand it and to um, know that what's possible and what's not, you know, it's like your clients, you can hit the New York times bestseller list. It's going to cost
1: $150,000. Oh my God. Yes. Totally. (laughs) I'm like, you know, you can pay to be on that list. People are like, What? (laughs) no, that's a list of
0: bestsellers. And it's like, no, let's talk. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Let's, let's talk. Let's, oh, I know. I've like crushed so many people by just kind of talking about the realities of it, but, but it's a long game. It's a career. It's not an overnight thing. And I think it's better when you earn it. I mean, some of these people come out of the gate with seven figure advances and these huge deals. And I feel like there's nowhere to go, but kind of plateau or down. and Exactly. The expectations become very high. Talk about pressure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's the little intrinsic
0: awards along the way that I always encourage people to celebrate. It's You know, it's the first time you're up for a silver fashion. It's yes. I know I was
1: so excited about that. I'm like,
0: oh my God, it's an award.
1: (laughs) They
0: like me. They really, really like me. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's uh, that's what keeps you going. It's the reviews from readers or the
1: emails or the Facebook posts, and you're like,
0: they read my book and they got it. And yes.
1: What do you think about social media? Like, are you a huge proponent of it? Do you think you have to have it in this day and age to survive and thrive as an author?
0: You know, I, I think that, I think that you have to do something to stay, you have your name and your books in front of people. And that, that means you need to be wherever your audience is. Yep. So where, and, and on the one hand that makes it easier than it was in the past when, you know, Jane Austen is in the country yes. and her, her books are in London, but it, is harder because everybody's scrambling for the same space and yes. it begins to feel like this endless shilling that we're all doing as we present ourselves. And so I am so torn in pieces about it. I'm definitely too out there, I feel like, but yet, mm-hmm. um, but your, your platform's Facebook, right? Do you, are you Facebook mostly? Facebook because my audience is, I find women that are a 40 and up. Yeah, and So I'm going where they are. And yeah. so I I don't, you know, I do a lot of of book club and I do
1: some good reads, but, uh, mostly it's Facebook. Yeah. I think picking one I'm Instagram is like the bookstagram community and all of that has been so supportive. Like that's to me, I feel like that's where my readers are, but I've toyed with ditching Facebook and Twitter because I don't engage that much. And, but it's like that thing like, Oh, Oh, am I allowed to do that? I don't know. Absolutely. It's terrifying to think, you know, if
0: I do, then what? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I'm not there, and then that becomes the thing. What do I do? Exactly. And exactly. I've never really cracked Instagram at the, at this point. You know, yeah. yeah.
1: It's well, we should Instagram. talk because it, it they are the most supportive people on the planet. Like it's again not necessarily translating to sales as Facebook can, because I feel like people actually will click to buy. But from a sharing your book and and just the consumption with their audiences, it's. Unbelievable!
0: It's and been so matter. pleasant. It and does. That matters a lot. You know how many impressions do you have to get on your name or your book before totally. somebody converts to a buy? Yeah. All the dear readers, we are talking about things. that are going to make you go, ooh, icky. Yeah. <laughs> we we just want you guys to write books, but it, you have to think about all of it. It's a you tough do business. At the same time, you have
1: to stay buoyant and creative. Yes, you do constantly reinventing. Exactly, exactly. And drinking, drinking wine. Wine is, you know, important. <laughs> it
0: is important. It's a shame I always record this show in the morning. I know, so.
1: right? That, that would be so fun. Like at night, I bet you'd get a huge audience at night with their I'm wine. And really thinking um,
0: that I'd love to do some in the evening. And I've been trying to find. I think what I want to do is start going to some conferences because I, that's totally a drinking experience. Uh-huh. And yeah, well, yep. It's like, let's go for a cocktail and totally. just sit down side by side and do this interview. So maybe, um, maybe it. Here's another one that's hard to hard to say. Voucher. Voucher con. are you going? <laughs> con, yeah, going to be at Voucher con? Oh, right? me
1: too. Yes, yes, yay. yay! That'll be so fun. We, have we can have a class. Yes, we have, have
0: a glass of wine, and we will. I'll do a lot of interviews. We'll do another one. Um that will be so fun. It'll be a blast, and it won't be as hot. There.
1: Yes. Well, here's hoping. Not Congress. It is in Dallas, right? Yes. Yeah, so
0: <laughs> it's, it's summer until November. Yes, it is. Well, you guys, thanks for being on with us today, Ria. This was so much fun.
1: So much fun. Thank you so much. Definitely have to
0: do this more offline. And for those of you out there um, that are reading along. Okay. The cool kids next week is JV Jameson and distraction. And, um, when's about uh, when, when is killer Nashville? So we can send up the good. mojo. It is,
1: I think the 20, August 23rd through the 25th. I could be wrong on that, but it's, yeah, it's coming up in the next couple of weeks. So your other
0: assignment you guys is to send up the good mojo and, and all that for, because you're mine in the suspense <laughs> and so for for all of you out there thanks for tuning in and we will be back uh, same time same place next week with jb jamison ria thank you so much this was a pleasure all right and let's see if i can get this stop live stream yeah. <laughs> bye, bye.